You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 169. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. You have reached another Local Maximum. Today is, we're making a little bit of a a Local Maximum history today. Wouldn't you say so, Aaron? I don't want to oversell it, but uh, it's, it's definitely a milestone. <laughs> yeah, so I've got this uh, a little studio set up. And by that, I usually, when you used to talk about my studio, it was my studio apartment in Brooklyn. Uh, but now, no, it's literally a room in my apartment that is full-time podcast studio. Now, we're not taking video in here today, but uh, I think next time we'll get the video set up. Maybe we'll send some pictures over to those uh, who are on Locals at um, Maximum.Locals.com to see us in the new room. Uh, and I feel like we just need to – and first of all, we have never been in person, have we? Yeah, I think the, the only time we've recorded uh, in the same room was, was at uh, the Tech Retreat episode, and, th- and that was really a, a panel recording. Right, and that was the only one. Well, no – was that the only one? I think so. Okay. Wow. So we've never actually done an in-person kind of co-hosted show. And so now we're in the same room, you know? I think we predicted this at the beginning of the year that it would happen, and here we are. And so I think, I feel like we need to get, I don't know, stuff for the walls here, something for the backgrounds. I need to go to, I don't know where to go uh, to uh, to set up this room, but... Uh, you know, I want to say Office Depot, but that sounds very old-fashioned. That sounds the most—that's the most boomer thing I could possibly say. Well, I, I thought part of the appeal of a, of doing a podcast was that I, I don't have to put on makeup or shave and get a haircut because nobody can see me. But uh, I guess that's going out the window. We used to do some videos, so I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, every once in a while we can come in and do some videos, or I could just uh, you know video my portion of it, or you know. We could just have it be, you know, not the highest quality video so everyone can't see exactly what you're looking at. But anyway, we should probably get to the topics at hand for today. So Yeah, what's what's going on in the world? Anything exciting? Well, let's talk about what's going on in technology today. Um, you know, we have this well, it's it's tech, but it's also, you know, about what's going on in our society and because really it's it's about a sixty person company, which uh, I don't know why this is news, but everybody's talking about Basecamp, uh, which is I have you heard of Basecamp? Because because I have, but I don't know if it's it's people have heard of it. Before in the they exploded in the news in the last week or so, I I was aware of them as a company. But if you asked me exactly what they did, I was a little fuzzy on it. Okay, so before we get to the juicy stuff of all of the stuff, because you know is Basecamp exploding, imploding, exploding? Did they do a good thing? Did they do a bad thing? What did they do? Yeah, they're they're all, just regular ploding. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about what Basecamp is. So they are a, a company. They're based out of Chicago. Jason Freed is, I think that's how you pronounce it, Freed is one of the co-founders. And so he's the guy sending out their policy changes that kicked this whole story off. And they are a productivity company. They do product management, internal communications. I think that Back in like 2011, 2012, Foursquare, Foursquare, we used uh, Basecamp. I think it was called Campfire for their communi- internal communications tool. They do email uh, so, so newsletters. A lot of companies do that. Nowadays. When you say internal communications, this is this is like kind of the same role as Slack fills. And, yes. And, okay. It was pre-Slack. Um, I don't know why 
productivity companies are always so woke and full of themselves as compared to other companies. But it seems like that's a pattern, like like Asana and Expensify. There's something about productivity where maybe maybe productivity is so boring that like um, you know they uh, they need to come up with. Because I remember Asana was was always big about how we're going to change the world and bring you know spiritual awakening to everyone. And it's like yeah, how about your checklist? You're making me a checklist, and you're going to make it work. So uh, I don't know. But um, anyway, they have kind of a, an email communications tool called Hey, H-E-Y, which I had never heard of before. So that's where they announced this stuff. Well, and, and that's a super recent launch in their product line, I, I believe. I, okay. I, I think within the last year, they, they expanded into basically pr- private email. Gotcha. Private email. Yeah, it's a private email. Email is so big right now. Everybody's into email. It's like back to the you know what's what's old is new. Yeah, I I I'd read somewhere that they 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 do email and that was a, a, a recent development. When I saw that it was called Hey, that made me think of do, do you remember back in the heyday of 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 when no no pun intended with heyday there uh, when you could basically roll out an app for anything and uh, get venture money for it. There there was oh, an app called I think, I think it was know. Yo. Yes, I remember. That's what exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. And so basically, it was basically Facebook poking where... But that just, was it. That, yeah. that was the full functionality of the app. Well, they were like, hey, if Twitter is better with 140 characters at the time, what if we have a communications tool with zero characters? Uh, essentially zero characters. I know yo is two characters, but since you can only say yo, there's um, no... Uh, you know, there's that's zero information. It's it's it's, a, it's even more fundamental than Morse code. You, right. In, instead of dots and dashes, you just have dots. You just have dots, but each dot has a timestamp, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, or you could only send empty tweets, and you know the you know, exactly. So, all right. Uh, what happened to Yo? Do you remember? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's still around, but I, I could be wrong about I that. I wouldn't bet money on being able to find it in the app store. How many people are making have made Yo their uh, daily routine since the founding? I mean, if you think about it, like we do Swarm and Foursquare, there are people who have done check-ins making that their daily routine for a decade. So that's pretty big, but I don't think that that happened with Yo. Um, all right, so let's get back to Basecamp. They're basically, let, let me just drop it. The big change is, and you could read the article. I'll post the article on localmaxradio.com slash 169, the article, the announcement. The big change is no more social or political discussion at work. Um, which is interesting because I thought that we weren't supposed to be having social and political discussion that was too deep at work because, you know, it could upset people. Uh, there are also a few, and but that was the one that, uh, that was the announcement that really upset people. Uh, there were, uh, and the other one is that the DEI initiative, the diversity, equity, inclusion stuff. So apparently they had a 20-person committee for that, a 20-person committee and a 60-person company. Uh, or on the DEI committee, and he said, "No more committees. This is just one person's job now." Oh, I'll I'll, I'll just add one piece to that. Yeah. Uh, which in in my experience uh, serving on on several boards of directors uh, for nonprofits, uh, when something goes to committee, it's because you want to kill it. Uh, that if you want something to get done, you don't send it to committee. So uh, I, I'm I'm surprised that they bothered to get rid of the committee, uh, but that's probably because there was stuff going on in the committee itself that was counterproductive, as opposed to uh, being concerned about the output of the committee. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it was more, they felt it was more counterproductive than just nonproductive. Yeah, well, and uh, it, it, yeah, it, it sounds like there was... Uh, 
a, well, a lot of animosity brewing up from from this process. Well, I, I mean, I can talk about my experiences and some of these initiatives at, at work. They could be very frustrating. And like, I think we had a diversity committee at, at one point, in several companies I worked for. And it's just like, I've checked in on them, but like eventually it's either nothing gets done or it's just like there's so many people who have to say their thing. It's just get me out of here and let me do my work. But anyway, a few other changes I should mention just because we're talking about this because and there were other changes that were maybe less controversial, but still a little controversial. So before we go on, why don't I just mention what they were so you have so everyone's up to date on what uh, uh, Jason's email is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other changes were... They're, they're taking away certain benefits and just giving you cash instead. Um, all right. Another one is no more 360-degree reviews, which is when, you know, for your annual review, uh, they actually, not only do they talk to everyone you worked with, but they th- that's actually, uh, I, I guess, uh, the, 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 your official review. That's, I mean, I don't like reviews in general, so I don't know what to say about that. Other than the tone seemed to be, oh, coworkers simply rep- uh, supported each other, and so they were too good. But I've seen 360-degree reviews where somebody uses it as a means to like get back at someone they don't like and say something bad about them. Because negative feedback on that is always amplified because it's there's less of a Yeah, I've, I've never been in a, a functional 360 review environment, but my, my impression is is that... Uh, it, it can it can very easily get tied up in interoffice politics, and and it sounded like his spin was was more that I want this review to be assessing your performance, not uh, how how you've negotiated, you know, basically your relationship with everyone around you. It's you know, are, are you doing the things that you've you've been tasked to do effectively? And I can get that just as easily from your manager rather than wasting everybody else around you's time having them write up these reports that are, uh, in in most cases, not. Uh, particularly enlightening. I guess so. I guess, I mean, sometimes those things have been helpful if it's like, hey, I've been working with this person, so you better ask, you should ask them like, you know. Yeah, there's, there's, I think there's a middle ground and and, and certainly there's nothing preventing managers from talking with their direct reports to get insight into other people. And and, and the principle of the 360, I think is a good one, uh, but execution perhaps leaves a lot to be desired. I've never, I've hated all reviews. Whether I get a good review or a bad review, it's always just like, just leave me alone. You don't want me working here, let me know. I'll go somewhere else, but I don't want to hear it. Uh, I know I should, I, I know I should. should I, I think there's there's just a hint of prisoner's dilemma to the 360 yeah. review. <laughs> I know I should take feedback and all that, but um, I mean, at some point it's like, well, anyway, I, I found it's a lot less useful than the, than the, Company propaganda always says it's useful for somebody. It, it may not yeah. be you, though. <laughs> I, no, but the, the the propaganda is always like this is for your benefit, so you can improve. So, I mean, I don't know if you've gotten that, but I have, and I think the people who say that believe it. But it's man, all right. So the uh, the people they were not happy um, about a a third of the company they left. They took a buyout. So this is a lot like Coinbase. Remember at the end of last year, and I'll I'll link to that episode i don't remember what episode is that and now i'm, I'm inclined to just look I, it up. I think it was back in september that 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 story broke but i don't remember when we talked about it um and and when the when the story initially broke uh the the first piece was their announcement of these changes uh which and it did not include um like the like the coinbase one did when coinbase made the announcement i think part of that announcement included the offer of of uh 
you know, buyouts for, for anyone who wanted to leave and, and generous severance. Uh, that was not publicly, it, that was not in the public notice uh, of these changes. Um, okay. al- although it sounds like it either was in- on the internal channel or very closely followed that given the large scale exodus that, that did happen. I'm, I'm trying to week. find, I, I feel like I, I named the podcast episode. Uh, oh, well, okay. It was episode 143. We were talking about the election that day too. So it was right before the election when, uh, so that makes sense. Um, so Coinbase said they're, they're not going to have a, a lot of politics at work either. And people were so um, enraged by that. They were giving people buyouts to leave and they left. Now Coinbase went public this year and it was not a factor in the IPO that like, oh, Coinbase had this policy, so maybe it's not going to be worth as much. So I don't know if it's so it's starting to look like not a bad decision. But the, the, I, I feel like with Basecamp, this is going to be a, this is going to be taken to a whole other level because so first of all, I mean, Coinbase, well, it, rough numbers here. Yeah, sorry. Is Coinbase a Silicon Valley company? Or? Yes. Okay. I've so, been in their office there in San Francisco, but they have different offices now. But so I'd, I'd say that, that that may be a worthwhile distinction to make. Um, and, and, and maybe the other question, and this is something that, that was uh, I, I picked up from, from some of my other readings on, on the Basecamp scenario. Uh, Basecamp is not a startup in the sense that employees have equity. Yeah. Um, Coinbase, I don't know if they were or not. I think being in Silicon Valley, that's much more likely to yeah, be the case. Gonna, yes. And that, that certainly changes the dynamic when, when employees, a large portion of them, actually own a stake in the company, wh- whether or not they have you know, seats on the board or anything like that. But, but there's a, a functional difference compared to uh, Basecamp here where, uh, and, and this has uh, led to some, some interesting comments by nice. disgruntled employees, uh, where they, they compare it to... Uh, uh, the, the Jeff Bezos model. It's like, we're, we're all slaving away in the mines here, but you guys up top, you're making all the money and, and, and that can't possibly be fair. So wait, so why have these employees then been working? Some of them said, oh, I've been working here for 10 years and this is it. Now that I can't talk about my uh, politics at work, I quit. <laughs> this is the biggest outrage that's happened in 10 years. And also it seems like, why would you work for 10 years for a company that is not giving you equity if you are in tech that makes no sense to me. Well, I, I think they pitch a, uh, a environment that is very much like that Silicon Valley uh, ethos, uh, just w- without the actual skin in the game, which, mm-hmm. which, which raises some questions about why, why people might be willing to do that. And I think uh, one of the theories proposed is this, this is kind of a Midwest thing, that, uh, that it has to do with, with kind of culture and attitudes in the Midwest makes people much more likely to to get on board with that kind of thing um, without necessarily having as as much of a, a financial incentive to go along with it. I see. I see. So, yeah. And also, I feel like it, it, I suspect that a lot of them joined uh, for this social and political attitude. I can't confirm this, but like the rumor is on Twitter is I don't want to like, you know, say this is definitely what happened, that historically the leadership pushed activism on social and political issues in the workplace. So they told yeah. people, this is the place where we are going to, you know, we're going to change the world. And sure, we're going to build some products, change the world, but we're also going to, um, uh, I don't know, uh, push for whatever social and political issue is of interest in the day of the day or whatever's popular, which has changed quite a bit over the last yeah, 10 years. Yeah, I, I, I certainly but, don't want to make any any sweeping generalizations, but there are at least several individuals who have come out and said 
that straight up that 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 was part of their understanding and expectation when they joined the company yeah um and 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 i think that's not unreasonable given how it was being pitched but it sounds like uh the paradigm has shifted and uh the the team is not all on board with that shift but mm. when when management uh owns the company management can turn the ship any way they want and yeah they might have a mutiny but uh as long as they have enough people to keep manning the operation that's that's not going to sink the ship all and right I, well, I've, we'll I've talk about i've tortured that metaphor enough so yeah no no i want to i want to get to that in a bit like what is what is actually going to happen um and uh we're not going to predict, but we'll talk about some ways it's going to happen. So I, th I believe 10% left in Coinbase. Right now, about a third left at Basecamp, but some people say it could be as high as 50% of employees take this buyout uh, at the end of the day. So they'll, I guess they'll start building up from there. A lot of the employees left dramatically, like they all posted tweets, you know, like I said before, I've been working for here for 10 years and I am done. I am sad. I am exhausted. I am tired. I am, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, so, which, which, which to be clear, they are in, completely entitled to those, uh, those feelings and opinions. Yeah. All right. So obviously there's more of a backstory here. Um, if you read, I'll, I'll link to some of the articles. So like, where did this come from? And I, I read some of the articles. And so I'm going to talk about like what, what my takeaway is, but I've got to say something doesn't make sense with, with some of these stories. Like we're not, we're definitely not getting the full story here, but let me just try to piece together what I've read from the news. So apparently there, there, there had been going on this like list of funny names, this list of funny customer names that uh, some people at the company were keeping. Right, which which goes back at least a decade, possibly yeah. further back than that. So apparently that these were not ethnic names is is what some people were saying, but although I, I don't know, but uh, well, you know, not not exclusively. Yeah, uh, there, yeah. there 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 were. May have been. I, I think I saw that. You know, I I haven't seen the list. I don't think they published the list, but it was no. said. You know, there there were some Asian names on there, okay. uh, which is very sensitive uh, in in the wake of the uh, the incident in Atlanta that wasn't that long ago. Um, oh, everything going on, yeah. But but uh, but it was by no means the majority of the list that uh, that it, it was uh, not based on on primarily uh, ethnic stereotypes. Right. Okay. So there's a lot of good reasons why you don't want to do this. Um, <laughs> you know, you've got your uh, uh, they they should have nipped nipped it in the bud. Now, of course, now that uh, there's been a quote unquote reckoning. Oh, sensitivities are different now. And then there's like a reckoning and now all of a sudden uh, some employees had an argument over it. Even employees who used to contribute to the list said that, oh, this doing a list like this is a precursor to genocide. That was the uh, that was the um, yeah, that was the rhetoric being used because, you know, there's been some things. Well, you know, but before there's genocide, first there's dehumanization. And I guess the first step is making fun of people's names. So I don't know. <laughs> but um, look, that's that's perhaps not the most most charitable steel man take on the situation, but it's not incorrect either. <laughs> well, I just want to say this, you know, the idea that the management is saying, well, um, you know, uh, uh, social attitudes have changed. I look, if I went back in time to pick a date like 1953 
and I told someone at a company in 1953, hey, you think it's a good idea to make a list of your employees that are have funny names and like you pass it around work? Uh, do you understand why that might not be a bad idea? I think they would get it. <laughs> I mean, you know, so there's, there's uh, this whole idea that like, oh, uh, uh, you know, this used to be okay, but it's not, is just, is, is ridiculous. The, the difference is that um, the over-dramatization of everything is, is kind of the du jour of the day versus yeah. well, like, and, and- hey, this is a bad idea. Uh, I, I just want, when, when these things happen, I want the heads of these companies or, or whoever's job is HR or whatever to go over there as, hey, here you're doing this stuff. It's not a good idea. Knock it off. And that should be the end of it. But no, now it has to be a whole discussion. Well, about and, and, how, uh, and to be clear, that that is pretty much what happened when when it when it bubbled up at, at in the most recent incident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the there was a concern that uh, well, so part part of part of the reaction uh, was that that well, we don't think you're taking this seriously enough. And there was the the comment made about the I. I I forget the the proper term for it, but there was the the like pyramid of of uh, oh gosh, it, it, it was it was some some structural device that that has been used to show how uh, that type of of low level uh, discriminatory action lead can eventually lead to things like genocide, right. uh, and and one of the uh, company founders said. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's let's take a step back. I think you're. They may have used the term catastrophizing. That you know, this He's, is perhaps right. an overreaction. Let's roll it back, and that's what really got people to blow up. He mm-hmm. said, "How how could you possibly uh, be be minimizing our 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 reaction here? That that this is serious, uh, and 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 I think that's that's probably what tipped the management overboard that that they were perfectly willing to to go along with yes this was wrong we're going to take action we're going to fix it uh, you know maybe some people will be disciplined but at a minimum we're going to have you know some some internal uh, you know trainings to make sure that something like this never happens again and they were fully on board with it uh, but then when they got a, a a backlash to that comment about about maybe you're overreacting a little bit here with with some of your your rhetoric uh, I think that's what pushed them over the the, the line. And they said, "Okay, we, we need to we need to put our foot down here, uh, otherwise we're going to lose complete control of the situation." That's a problem with some of this woke stuff. Is like there is no you're not allowed to uh, admit to any overreacting. There is no such thing as overreacting, and and it's it's um, it's a problem because then the reactions get bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's no stopping point, you know. Versus this is dumb. This is counterproductive. Knock it off. It's just like, you know, you now we have to have a discussion about how basically you're Hitler and or Stalin or, you know, whatever, whatever pick your genocide that's happening. Yeah, I, I, I hate to, to feed into the uh, the presumed roles of, of you know, some, someone coming from my background and, and some of my stances on this. But but the, per, the per, perception is certainly that uh, nobody is safe from from, you know, the. No, no matter how deep you are in 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 the movement, in how how many uh, liberal, uh, you know, w- whether or not you you t- choose to see social justice uh, as as a pejorative term or not, but ho- however steeped you are in that, uh, there's no guarantee that it won't turn on you on a dime, uh, and and that seems to be to some extent what happened here. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me read some of the. Uh... Are, are we going to the tweets? 
Well, I'll just go to one. I, I actually had saved a tweet, and then I looked up, look, went to look back at the tweet that I had saved or, or, or linked to, and it turned out the person had protected their tweets. So maybe some of these tweets, uh, maybe people are not so happy that they tweeted them. You, you uh, got to you gotta always screenshot because Twitter yeah. is, is ephemeral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to do this one for Sam Stevenson. He better be someone who worked there and not... Uh, you know, not like a, a fake, because I know a, a Jason Calacanis wrote a fake. A Jason Calacanis, for, for those of you who don't know, he does a podcast called uh, uh, This Week in Startups. He's a big investor, and, you know, he. I think he wrote a tongue-in-cheek, like, I'm quitting my CMO role after 15 years at Basecamp to go wreak havoc on another company. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, uh, okay, this is Sam Stevenson. As a result of the recent changes at Basecamp, today is my last day at the company. I joined over 15 years ago as a junior programmer, and I've been involved in nearly every product launch there since 2006. For, by the way, people love to make dramatic, you know, storm out pronouncements. And maybe there's a time for it, but I feel like it's almost always just an overreaction to me. I, I always just, I, I just, people love to do it in the heat of the moment way more than, than they should. That's just my opinion, but my observation. Over M- many things that feel good are not necessarily yeah. wise. Okay, so then he writes, at Basecamp, I help bring open source projects like prototypes, Spyrocket, blah, 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 you know, all his projects. Uh, this is my life's works, the, outport, uh, the output of my entire career. I'm proud to have built it in public, effective immediately. I will make no further updates to nor releases of any of the aforementioned open source software I worked on. Uh, this is my decision. Thank you for understanding. So basically people are like, they're trying to make it out to be like, hey, I built all this wonderful stuff. And we say this as engineers a lot. I built all this wonderful stuff and you need, you need me basically. And, uh, you've gained a lot from me, which in some cases is very true. And now you're going to lose it all. And I, I kind of wonder if whether as, as software engineers, which, which I have, been or I, I do that a bit now too, uh, quite a bit. Uh, but it's like, how much power um, do we really have? I mean, I feel like you quit a company, they usually replace you pretty fast. Uh, and sometimes you bring knowledge away from you, but they eventually catch up. It just might take a little while. So, it's, so eh, I don't know. There are some people who could leave a company and basically tank a product. Um, but I don't know if, I feel like it's, you often think you're going to yeah, leave the company and tank the products, but but it's it's way less than you think. Certainly, the the leadership's uh, outcome for this situation, preferred outcome, would have been uh, nobody leaves and the people who are there uh, adopt the new paradigm. Maybe that's um, not what they wanted. I, there, there's been some talk about oh they they were just looking for a way to get rid of dead wood, but but given the how how the people that are leaving are are kind of across all levels of the company you know it hasn't just been you know the new people they hired in the last year or two who who are you know uh gen zers and super woke or whatever it's it's certainly not uh restricted to them that uh this and these are millennials yeah well and 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 some of them are in you know team lead positions and stuff so it's certainly in 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 areas that will will result in setbacks um whether that's setbacks that they weren't uh, weren't prepared for or weren't expecting is is a question that I'm not in a position to answer. Right. So a lot of these tweets use terms like disgusted and one was supremely privileged founders who have lost the plot. But of course, it remains to be seen if we've lost the plot. I mean, it's, you know, 
Uh, I, I could see this if if you were working at somewhere like uh, like Amazon or Google and out of the blue, you found out that they were involved in a massive weapons project or something. And you're like, yeah. this is completely against my ethics. I'm out. Right. Like, I, I could see storming out and quitting over something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I personally might not do that, but I could understand why people would. This I, I have trouble viewing this through the same way. I think a lot of the people who do so so they're saying, well, you need us because we love to talk about politics at work and um, if you make this law make this law, make this rule, <laughs> this 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 guideline, we're gonna go. But don't you think like talking about politics at work or social issues at work also like um, also you know, it, it turns certain people away as well. And those tend to be the people who are more quiet. I mean, sure, and 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 their their counterspin on that would probably be something to the effect of that that we we build better products by having a diversity of views in the room, which yeah. which is not incorrect, uh, but uh, you can have a diversity of views in the room without uh, basically proselytizing uh, your yeah. your views on on particular subjects. Uh, you know you. There, there's there's a lot to be said for for taking the tenth man view for being a contrarian when it comes to the aspects of a particular project, uh, but that may not be particularly relevant well, to an email product. Yeah, well, well, let me give like a specific example. Um, you know, I I've worked at companies where there were you know there were uh, Israelis people from Israel and there were Palestinians there, and you really want to bring that stuff up. <laughs> in the middle of trying to work on an email project. Um, now look, you could see what some of the people are posting on, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you might not like it, but I feel like, you know, you should have the ability to say, hey, we're all here. We're all trying to build a good product that has nothing to do with this right now. Let's, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's do our job. But, and, and now these issues are just over the stupidest things. Like, I don't know what they're, uh, what they're well, I mean, okay, some sometimes these are important issues, but it's also like, you know, they expect everyone to want to um, uh, like uh, get get with their program, whatever it is, to solve whatever social issue they think needs yeah, to be solved. And, and I haven't a, been looking too closely for like, it. Do you really with want Basecamp? Yeah. But I, I know with Coinbase, there were a lot of accusations that oh man, it's, they're turning into a white supremacist company. But and and that's this so ridiculous. I, yeah, I I, mean, I, I, I have <laughs> difficulty jumping to that conclusion. Um, yeah. But but maybe that's a shortcoming on my part. Yeah, no, it's it's catastrophizing is what it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's I've yeah. seen a bunch I, the, of the the the, the counter argument I would expect would be something to the effect of we are both uh, white males from uh, upper middle class. Uh, uh, backgrounds, and so we have the privilege of not having to worry about a lot of the things that yeah. these people are dealing yeah. with. Yeah, so so the, which they, which is is you know th those things are all facts about us. Uh, I hesitate to uh, draw that conclusion from those facts. But. Right. So some people will say, um, you know, uh, they'll say something like, "They'll only hire privileged people where politics doesn't affect them," and so the 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 assumption of that is that politics affects like. The, the people who are leaving, they're like, well, politics affects me personally because I'm being, uh, you know, I'm being oppressed by politics and by society right now. But yeah, you're, that's a little bit of a histrionic disorder there. I, I think that, um, I, I just think that, 
you know, on your day to day, you can put it aside. If you really think that like there are people in society coming after you committing genocide or whatever, I wouldn't try to argue it at work. I would get the hell out of here. <laughs> but but, uh, but uh, so if, if, if that is a problem, uh, but uh, if, if it's really just like, oh, I see something politicians are talking about on TV and it's upsetting me, people should be able to look like you should be able to work through that. Yeah, well, I don't know. and I'll, I'll tie this into another thing that's been in the news uh, that that would seem. I mean, completely I, I, unrelated, are they but... are they more are people more upset about like the news stories that go on day to day than like I was on say nine eleven? Um, like, is that what it is? Like, what it was like every day? I mean, do you really have to live like that? Like, is is that really like? Oh, politics is affecting me. You really like you have to. That's 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 like. I, I, it's, I'm sorry they're going to say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, Max, but I'm sorry, it's a choice. Convince me otherwise. Well, I, I think there's, there's, a, there's an argument to be made that it's a question of, of context and venue, um, that, that none of this is saying that these people can't uh, be activists for causes they believe in. Oh, no. It's, it's simply saying that uh, work is perhaps not the place for that. Uh, and, and that's why I have a podcast here so I can talk about <laughs> issues that I agree with and I don't have to bring it up at work. Well, as an employee of this podcast, I yeah. feel that my view, <laughs> but uh, I, I think this ties into to something that it's a Supreme yes. Court case that, that was. Well, well there, there will never be a no controversial issue uh, uh, decree on the local well, maximum. We, we, can, we can deal with this in my 360 <laughs> review later. Uh, but there's, there's a, a case that was accepted by the Supreme Court, Supreme Court uh, I believe, in the last week or two uh, that involves can schools punish uh, students for things that are said and done outside of school, so not on school grounds, not during yeah, school time. I'm against that. Um, and and I, I, I think, mo well, I, I would hope that most of our listeners would be on board with that. And similarly, uh, your company shouldn't uh, punish you for things that you – uh, spend your time and money and and other resources on outside of the workplace. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with that being you know an important part of your life and maybe the thing that defines you. Uh, but but that doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to follow you into work every day in in the way that some people see, seem to have have made uh, central to to their character. I've worked I've worked with people who I I've seen what they're tweeting and and. Yeah, they're like tweets and posts, like some of the things upset me. But you know what? I, I come in and I'm like, hey, this is not this does not happen in here. And here we are, you know, we have a job to do and they have their reasons for 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 whatever their beliefs are. And I'm 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 not going to hold it against them, you know, and I'm going to carry on as if I never saw it. And I've I've done that several times. I don't see why anyone else can't do that. I mean, I guess it's um, yeah. So I I have right. If someone's saying, oh, you know, this person tweeted something that I don't like, you know, I don't think I could work with them. I'd be like, get over it. <laughs> At least that's what I hope. Maybe yeah. that's well, not what I, people want now. I I guess the the. the 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 only thing that pops to mind in a type of situation where where I, yeah. I I might have a reaction like is if if somebody I worked with tweeted something about yeah man they really should just burn all the Jews or something like that I would be yeah. made uncomfortable with that and I might bring that up with with coworkers and and HR um, but I mean I had a, I had someone I worked with once who tweeted something that was. I'll tell you after the show <laughs> it was not it was but, different but, but not that far off and 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 it seems like. 
many of the people having this reaction, that's that's the level that this is is tr- tr- I hate to use the term triggering them to, but but this that's that's the level of reaction they're having, and maybe maybe it is a failure of imagination on my part, but but again, I, I can't see how you could crank things up to that, you know, t- turn them up to 11 based on the input that, that they're seeing there. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, like, in, in, in my situation, this was many years ago, it wasn't in Foursquare, it was just like, nobody is going to care. I'm not in one of the groups where anyone cares what, uh, you know, what, what, what's going on there. But anyway, let's, uh, let's, I've seen a bunch of stupid questions on Twitter about this. Oh my God, if there's no politics, what am I allowed to say? What am I not allowed to say? And I feel like people have lost all common sense. You know, one person mentioned, well, my kid is in public school. It is inherently political that my kid is in public school. How am I ever going to mention it? If I said I have to leave and pick up my kid from his public school, then all of a sudden I'm in violation. Well, first of all, no. Secondly, um, why is that even a question? Why, why is somebody, are, are they just being overly dramatic? Like, I get it. So if, if, if I want to send my kid to a public school and you want to homeschool your kid, there is no reason why we shouldn't be able to work together. Um, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm against what you're doing. Maybe you're against what I'm doing. But we, there's, I feel like if people can't set something like that aside and get work done, there is a problem in our society. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's a quote, and I don't know if I'm... And nobody should shame anyone. Like, there's no... I'll get to that in a second, but, like, it's it's not like, you know, hey, well, I send my kid to public school. You could probably... You should be allowed to say that. Maybe it could get too much after a while if you're starting to proselytize. But, like, and then if somebody else says, well, I homeschool my kid, and then you go, well, that kid's going to be screwed up. You know, no, you shouldn't do that at work. <laughs> I mean, but... That should be common sense. Like, am I going crazy here? It, it, uh, it may be too much to expect for the adults in the room to behave like adults. Yeah. Uh, Another one they mentioned is, well, we we have to figure out how we can approach gender on the sign-up forms, and that's political. And it's like, okay, well, look, if you're building a sign-up form, that's one case. Yes, you, you, you could talk about it, and you could talk about what you think about it, but then you put that aside. Like, it's it's not that hard to figure out what you should do, but I, I feel like people have been taught an entirely different ethos of how to get work done, and it probably comes from the universities, the moment, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a mindset that everything is politics and, and, yeah. and political is everything, which... Uh, is perhaps not healthy, but but certainly is the mantra for for a significant uh, portion of the population. I quit. I, I, I cut you off a little bit. You were talking about a quote. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's what I was thinking of, and I I can't find the, the the proper quotation or the attribution to it. But but essentially, the the fact that you know everything can be viewed through a political lens, and gotcha. uh, and it must be. Um, and uh, the problem is is that politics has become a team sport, uh, and and you know po- politics is is also. Uh, a form of battle uh, and so uh, if if politics is war you know by by other means and everything is politics then everything is war and and, and i don't want to live work you know eat drink and breathe in that environment that's yeah I, I don't need that kind of stress also like i don't want to have to think about opinions my coworkers have that might upset me. I mean, some of them put it in my face like at work. Maybe that maybe they shouldn't do that. But like it's also like I I don't 
I feel like we should be able to say, hey, we all look at the world very differently. And, you know, we should be able to put... There's kind of a problem where, where, you know, they're saying we should be for diversity. I feel like we should be for diversity, but there has to be some common thread with everyone who works together. There has to be some common set of values. And so it's sort of hard to define where those common values lie. Like, I would like like a very objective set of values, like, you know, uh, you know, here's how we relate to our customers. Here's, here's, you know, we want to be fair to each other, you know, blah, blah, blah. Whereas I think what, what certain groups have, let's call them the wokesters or whatever, they want to have very, uh, a much more progressive set of values at work. And then they'll be like, okay, but we'll have diversity within that. Like maybe we won't have diversity of thought, but we'll have, you know, uh, you know, people of, different ethnic backgrounds, just so long as they think like us. Um, but I feel like you could also have a more a kind of thinner set of values that you promote. Uh, and then within that, you get kind of a, a broader range of diversity of thought. Um, well, and, and, and much of that could be uh, could be driven by by following, uh, you know, Wheaton's law. Um, I don't know that one. Uh, it, it named after Will Wheaton. Uh, it's, it's a mantra <laughs> that, that we should all live by. It's uh, don't be a dick. Uh, okay. And and if if we all managed to 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 do that, uh, I think that would solve not all problems, but it would help avert a lot of uh, situations which have you know found their way into being crises. Right. That it it doesn't take that much effort to to not be a dick to people that we interact with on a daily basis. Yeah. Okay. So the media is apocalyptic about this. The Verge says you know Basecamp implodes, um, and. We'll see. I mean, they were talking about the same thing with Coinbase. So I feel like this is a little bit more difficult than Coinbase because they kind of they're, they're pulling off a Band-Aid that has a bit more. They like pulled off the Band-Aid and a bunch of their flesh came off with it. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Um, so, uh, you know, would you rather be? OK, here's an interesting question. I didn't tell you. I have a question here. I Pop wrote quiz. this down. Would you rather be today? Would you rather be in Basecamp's position or Parler's position? Oof. I mean, I haven't been following Parler that that closely, but I'm guessing that they're probably in a worse position right now. Yeah, they're in a worse position, even though Basecamp lost maybe half their employees. Yeah. Well, and and uh, I've 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 heard uh, perhaps it's a hot take, but a take nonetheless. That uh, good news, everybody. Uh, Basecamp has openings for uh, ambitious engineers that, yeah. you know, in, in this uh, difficult economy, if, if uh, you have those skills, you, you know where there are positions available. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, people assume that when they quit that the companies won't be able to replace them. I mean, yes, the, the war, so-called war for talent is very, uh, is, is heated, but there are certainly, there are always people looking for jobs. I think... You know, they make it sound like, well, no one would want to work in this apolitical workplace or no person of color would want to work in this apolitical workplace, uh, especially. I, I don't buy it. I think there are plenty of people who would um, and a diverse set of people who would. I, I think. That yeah, I've, I've, I've heard it uh, suggested that, well, that may, maybe this uh, will will not only serve to uh, reorient their their workplace culture in a way that management uh, would prefer, but that it may it may in fact attract certain people um, who uh, may may sympathize with uh, you know the the James Demores of of the uh, the tech sphere. 
Um, um, that, that well, so first of all, okay, well, I, I, you I, can continue I, I threw a grenade story. with that one because yeah. he's he's you a bit of a flashpoint. Threw a grenade at the end of the, <laughs> at the end of the podcast. Here's why I don't think so because James Damore was in, a, in an inherently political workplace. He was asked at Google to share his opinion um, at an apolitical workplace like uh, like um, uh, presumably. Basecamp wants to become, uh, he would have to keep his opinions uh, m largely to himself on that issue. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, I, it like, wouldn't like, be the same. Like I said, I, I, that's, that's a take I saw. I haven't given it that much thought. I, I think you have a, a reasonable rebuttal to it there. Yeah. All right. So I feel like for me, this is kind of a lesson for starting a company. Whereas if I start a company, I want to be very clear about the, um, from the get-go, about how in, in, in my, uh, my ideal company, how, how I want the culture to be. And I kind of want to make it clear from the get-go that people aren't going to use the company as kind of a platform for their social and political issues. And if that's what they would like to do, they could either do it outside of work, that's fine. Or if they want a workplace like that, they should work somewhere else, but not even just, just right off the bat. Hey, are you comfortable with this workplace uh, rules? And then you only get people who do. And you know what? It, it doesn't mean that you don't have a diverse workplace. And I, I in my, uh, in, in my, uh, uh, experience. I, I think the way you get a diverse workplace uh, and you know fair hiring is is you just you talk about exactly that. You kind of look for talent in different places than you otherwise would. You uh, you know you you, you talk about uh, fairness in hiring. You have these people don't fit in. You in their current team. You kind of try to move them around a little bit. You there's all sorts of things you could do. Uh, to me, you kind of have kind of an open forum for saying like, "Hey, what's bothering you?" Maybe um, you know there there might be an issue. For example, in in some companies, if all of the I know, in one one case we had this issue where like all of the events were around drinking and certain people don't drink. Well, maybe we should mention that. Okay, good, we could fix that. You know, there's all sorts of things that you could do uh, in in order to um, in, in in order to fix problems. But if they're concrete. And if you just talk about them, but like reasonable adults, you can solve them. <laughs> and that should be the, uh, or even reasonable children can probably do a better job than a lot of these people. Uh, then well, I think. And, 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 and to be clear, I, I don't think that's exactly the, the problem that, that they had. I think uh, initially uh, they, were all, they were okay with that level of activism, mostly because they shared those positions. And uh, when, when management shares the same political views as as the the team they don't see any problem with using company resources basically to advocate along those lines but uh once that is no longer the case that becomes a much bigger problem and and this was yeah p pivots are never easy and and they're certainly going to feel the growing pains of this one yeah well it could go one way or another so I'm, I'm kind of interested if this one works out well like the coinbase one did then we might see more companies yeah, well, and, adopt this policy. But I feel like we'll definitely see the new startups. Like if I'm looking at this for starting a company. I'd be like, yeah, just figure this out from the get go. Well, and, that, and that's that's part of 
uh, you know, when, when you're building a culture and looking for culture, culture fit, which it sounds like they were doing, um, you, you need to make sure that you're building the culture you want. Um, cause, cause they, they built a certain culture and now they've changed their mind about what they yeah. want, which, which as hard to do. owners of a company, they're, they're entitled to do, but, but yeah, not, not easy. Culture fit is always a very, is, is a controversial issue too, in terms of hiring. Cause some people say like, if you hire for culture fit, then you're basically hiring people like you. And so there's a tendency to say, well, we should ban all talk of culture fit because if there's like, you know, systemic bias in hiring, then yeah. well, it's I, from that cultural fit. But on the other hand, you could certainly, culture fit is a real thing. So you, you could certainly flip that lens and say, we're yeah. intentionally looking for people who are going to bust up this culture, you know, that, that I, I don't know how many companies actively do that without you know breaking it down into somewhat more of a numerical you know quota type yeah. approach but no but what i'm saying is i think that culture fit is important even though but it's also been vilified and some of the arguments against it are actually correct that like you know people say oh don't hire this person because they want culture fit because they're not a culture fit when really you know they're they're kind of using it as a way to like bias against well, it's, the, it, it's, but but on the other hand you have to have a common understanding if you're if you're on certain things it's a subjective with. measure yeah. and and as all subjective measures are are, are susceptible to uh, you know, it, it, it's a place where, where biases could be sneaking in. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, at some companies, culture fit could, could actually just be code for, we want to hire white guys from Ivy league universities, um, whose parents also went to Ivy league universities because yeah. they are the type of people who fit well in this, you know, in, in this, uh, investment banking company or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and, and you can't say that outright. Uh, but but if you refer to it as culture fit, then there's a little column you can put a number in on your on your rubric, and and it gets the same result. Mm. Um, and obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but but I, I think we can agree that that's not the desired outcome. Um, so so there's there's reason to be cautious about that. But uh, you also don't want to hire somebody that's going to be completely miserable at your company because uh, they have a, a, a dramatic mismatch of expectations and and right. wh whether that's culture or something else. You know, any, anytime. Uh, expectations also, don't match up, there's going to be conflict. What if somebody, okay, here's another one. What if somebody does not clearly, you're doing the interview on them, they get their questions right, but they clearly don't have a positive attitude and you your work with people who are kind of expected to have a positive attitude. How do you, um, um, do you really want to hire that person? Because it's like, well, you know, you're just, that's a subjective measure, even though like everybody who interviewed them detected it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's been a lot of research and I, I haven't, I haven't done a deep dive on this recently, but uh, about the hiring process uh, and basically saying that interviews are garbage, uh, that, that you would get much better results if you just didn't do the in-person interview. Um, huh. And and purely you know analyzed uh, you know look at the, you can look at letters of recommendation you can look at resumes you can look at you know uh, you, you can you can give them screening questions and stuff but the face to face interview doesn't doesn't add anything other than uh, unwarranted confidence in the people making the decision that they made the right decision. Interesting. Um, I, I think that that gets us uh, interestingly close to some questions about having uh, machine learning or or some sort of algorithm doing the hiring process. Oh, I don't know. Uh, which which <laughs> uh, there there have been noted issues with was was it Amazon or Google who who had some sort of machine learning algorithm that they realized Amazon. had encoded some significant biases and so they had to basically can it. I, I think I, it was Amazon. I think we talked about that on our previous yeah. episode. But um, you know that's that's. With, with with all the things that are being done with ML and, a, and AI, uh, that's that's a topic that keeps popping up. Um, that 
uh, you know, what with it, what with it being a black box and all, um, that that there's some some challenges there. Uh, but that's not to say that that human subjective uh, analysis is without its flaws. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it. Yeah, I, I don't know how it ended up. Then it's. I've been in the industry for 15 years, and I don't really understand engineering culture very well. <laughs> and so maybe I'm just, um, uh, and I'm a little bit jaded by it, uh, especially when it comes to hiring and um, and kind of the uh, philosophy of how teams should work. I've talked about it a lot on this show, um, but I've never felt that I've personally cracked it or have a really good understanding of um that understanding, like I know how to hire, and I I know what's fair and what's not fair. I feel like there's there's just no way to make everyone happy. That's the thing. Like there's no there's no silver bullet philosophy in terms of hiring culture that's going to work. It's it's got to be on a case to case by case basis, and um, there's no uh, there's no formula for it. So then engineers are always looking for a formula for it, <laughs> and uh, every formula has a flaw, and so that's that makes our heads explode. Yeah, we, we, we like things that are concrete. Yeah. All right. So I'm a bit, I think we're th- that's good enough for today. We've got other stories, but uh, we can get into them uh, next week or another time. Uh, how do you like being in, in person in the studio? Because I'm, I, I think this has been great. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, I, I know in the past uh, we've gotten some feedback from listeners saying that you guys, you guys need to stop interrupting each other and talking over each other, which uh, is, is, I think, better in person, although uh, I, I certainly interrupted you a couple of times there. So maybe, maybe that's just our style. It's got to be 100% better, though. <laughs> I mean, without the delay, it's totally better. Yeah, well, and, and uh, you know, pull, pulling back the curtain here, we'll see how this, uh, this impacts editing. All right. Yeah, so make sure that you uh, check out our Locals page on Maximum.Locals.com. Maybe I'll put a few pictures up uh, of what we've got here. And uh, I know we need a little bit more. uh, It has to be a little bit more decorative. It's just kind of a white background. But I think we've got a good start here. And uh, we can have a discussion about today's topic, which I'm sure will be uh, fairly controversial. Oh, yeah, I, I had a controversial tweet about this. Should I should I read my tweets before I go out? Because nobody say, the, those those of you in the in the locals uh, are, are already going to be privy to this, are they not? Oh yeah, they're already uh, privy to this. I uh, I I tweeted out some of my thoughts, and as you know, I, I mentioned some of them today, and so I was like, okay, I might get into a lot of trouble. Nobody noticed. <laughs> So I, I, I dodged a bullet there. So that's good. But I really think that um, the decision that Basecamp made, um, most of the decisions on that list were really good decisions. They should have done it from the get-go. And, you know, my I, I actually do think, I do predict that they're probably, if the founders have enough will, they'll pull through this and they'll be better than they were before. And, you know, that's hard to hear from these engineers leaving because they think they're really destroying it. People are really talking with glee right now on Twitter how the place is imploding, the place is going to be destroyed. We have the power, people power. But um, I think that uh, I think that Basecamp is going to end up a better company after this. If they survive it, they certainly have they certainly have the clients. So I don't see why they, they wouldn't survive it. And Coinbase, it only took a few months for people to forget. Even if Basecamp, it takes people a year or so. I think, um, I think they'll, I think they'll be fine. But we'll, we'll, we'll 
we'll pass it out. Yeah. I, I just don't like when people take their religion and their ideology and their way of thinking and they just have to evangelize it to everyone else. Uh, the only way to work with people is to, to, since, you know, this is true now, it's true 50 years ago, it's true 100 years ago. Like, if you need to work with different people, you're going to have to, you know, keep certain hot topics to, your, to you know, after work. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll put two closing thoughts. Uh, one is, is that, yeah, I, I think Basecamp is going to weather this okay. Um, what we don't have is, is a, an easy metric um, like we did with Coinbase. You know, Coinbase, we, we knew that they had the impending IPO. Uh, and and if if this really you know hit them hard, uh, we would have expected to see it there. There's there's nothing on the horizon for Basecamp where we can point and say they're going to either hit or miss this milestone, and that'll tell us how 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 this is really impacting them. So so we'll have to keep a little bit of closer eye. Yeah. Um, the other thought is uh, one thing that was mentioned and, and how we, we we talked earlier about how uh, the staff. Uh, the, the the engineers really don't have any equity here. Um, it's it's a you know founder owned company. Um, the the other thing that I've seen tossed around a little bit here is is that uh, this would be very different if the uh, the team was unionized. Um, and uh, there's there's a lot of talk about uh, engineers, especially in in the software tech world, uh, unionizing. Um, I think that's something we're going to see a lot more discussion of uh, in in the future, uh, and it's something we'll we'll probably see pop up here again on the show. <laughs> As an engineer, I would never want to work for a company that's run by the engineering department. <laughs> it's I, I mean. Well, we could have a whole long discussion about this, but um, and it would be the union of the engineering department, so even worse. All right. Uh, what do you guys think? Maximum.locals.com, localmaxradio.com uh, for the website. And um, anything you want, just tweet at us, start a flame war, whatever. <laughs> All good. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support the local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and their online community at Maximum.Locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at LocalMaxRadio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to LocalMaxRadio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power. 